love, I love it so much. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sean. I am the assistant editor for the Hornbook Inc. And this is the Hornbook Podcast. Today I am here with Aqua Holmes. Aqua Holmes. I was saying your name incorrectly and I'm so sorry. I thought it was like a hard eh, but it's Aqua Holmes. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you. People get my name wrong constantly. Because the spelling is different. Yeah, the spelling is very strange. And so I am. Do you get the, like, Starbucks people just staring off into the distance? so many different versions. (laughs) People have called me Acorn. Acorn? Yes. How? Because... Or April is is a big one. April. Because they you know, because go into the computer and say, well. what's the closest name that I can relate to? Yes. And it's April. So Yeah. That's annoying. It's very. Yeah. But I've learned to just say, you know, what is that saying? Call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late. Something, <laughs> something like that. Because I know it's not intentional. But. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. I tend to... Um, oh, you're good. <laughs> I tend to... I've even hit the point now where when I'm ordering something at Starbucks or something of that sort, I'll just be like, it's Sean, like the voice name. And when they ask me how to spell it, I'm like, however. (laughs) (laughs) However you want to spell it. As long as I get my coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Then we're totally fine. Um, So where are we? We're in a lovely conference space. Yes, we're in a a lovely conference space at Massachusetts College of Art and Design, Mm -hmm. which is the nation's oldest and only publicly funded art college. Really? Yes. Tell me what that means. That means that Massachusetts was the first state to have the mindfulness mm-hmm. to create a space for artists to come and um, enhance their skills yeah. and uh, have an opportunity to be creative, to have an opportunity to be among their peers, and for the state of Massachusetts to then absorb these wonderfully creative souls yeah. into the economy. That is really and cool. And we're still the only one. This is the only one Publicly like this. funded. Wow. Yeah. So what do you do here? So I run a mobile arts program called Spark the Artmobile, mm-hmm. and I'd like to say that we are Mass Arts Mobile Arm. We're Mass Art on Wheels, and we go into Boston's neighborhoods and collaborate with organizations, schools, senior centers to bring art and design experiences That's into awesome. the neighborhoods. And our uh, a basic tenet of our philosophy is that we're not the big institution that's bringing everything in and everybody yeah. just, okay, sit down and we're, watch our show. <laughs> sit down and listen to us. It's like we want to work with people who are already doing great things and then we want to be able to support them with our, our student team. Mm-hmm. We have a student team that's made up of architecture students, industrial design, painters, graphic designers bring those students and myself and our program associate to support the good things that are already being done in Boston's neighborhoods but may be underfunded Mm -hmm. or under-resourced in some way that we can be a part of solving. So what is an example of something you might do? Okay, so a great example is our Paint Night series Mm -hmm. that we do with an organization called Project Right Incorporated. Okay. They have been in the Grove Hall area of Roxbury, Dorchester for probably 20 years doing grassroots advocacy from housing to, you know, violence in the community, food, all kinds of areas, mm. fronts that they push yeah. um, push at. And there's a, a guy that works there who was coaching basketball teams. Okay. He found that while kids were playing basketball, there were other kids who weren't athletic, weren't really mm. interested, but there was nothing else for them to do. Yeah. So he created this paint night series. And it came to a point where they really couldn't afford to could keep mm-hmm. doing it. 
At that same time, I had met another person in the organization, and somehow we were able to bring the two things together. We took over running the paint night, really and cool. we bring in community artists who lead the paint nights. It's very family friendly. Yeah. We have from 40 to 60 people every time we do it, which is once a month. And they cover everything from watercolors, landscapes, still life, portraiture, depending on who the artist is. That is so cool. <laughs> the artists are also from the same area. And they're so all they from get the into meet artists who like live down the street yeah. and they didn't know they were there. Oh, that's so, so we've got little cool. kids, we've got toddlers, we've got grandmas, we've got whole families that come together and just it's a wonderful experience. Yeah. And so that and that's ba that's what you're running basically. You're exactly. running a program that so gets to do that. So we bring the supplies. We hire the artist. We um, and we work with the organization. Yeah. Um, for instance, and also there's a Grove Hall Pizza. Okay. Donates pizza every paint night. That's awesome. So we also look for businesses <laughs> in the community and say, hey, you know, why don't you support this? You know, yeah. all these families coming in. You sell to families, don't you? <laughs> so um, Kids like pizza. Kids love pizza. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's been a great um, association with them for about three years. We also do ornament making with them uh, during the holiday season. And um, we have, there's a fence uh, surrounding a very neglected city-owned lot. Yeah. We do fence beautification projects just to oh, bring wow. awareness to, hey, the city's going to do something here. What do you want? Yeah. What do you think you want done here? And we take opportunities to, to canvas people for what they think, and we, we document that. So it's a, it's a number so of things cool. that we do. And our listeners can't see the like joy on my face. <laughs> I'm so absorbed with this. Right. But that's and such I hope interesting. That you come out. That's why I brought this yeah. slide so I could invite you to one of yeah. our upcoming events. But it is something that is growing. Uh, we created this organization called Friends of the Ave, which mm -hmm. is a coalition of different organizations that will probably continue doing some of these things when we've moved on to another. Do you have area. a specific amount of time that you spend with these groups, or do you just kind of we, let it go as long as you can build? We like to go three years at a minimum. At a minimum, okay. Because we find that um, a lot of folks just kind of come in, do an event, and leave. Yeah. And I think what's needed in neighborhoods is stability. You know, there's something mm -hmm. about someone that you know really cares about what's going on in your neighborhood, and they're yeah. coming back. They didn't just run through, get some signatures, and then see Peace you later. Yeah. We actually develop really good relationships with a lot of the folks that we work with. So three years is, is kind of our standard, but it doesn't mean that we might not do four. Mm -hmm. And the, the idea is that eventually this organization will have their own paint nights. Yes. They know a lot of artists now. Yep. They know how to set up the room. And we'll continue to support, but just not as much in the forefront. Yes. And then we might move over to Jamaica and do something with an organization there. That is really interesting. Yeah. And so the students who are involved, I mean, the students get to work with these groups every Absolutely. step of the way. And so right. they're building their own abilities. Their own relationships, their own leadership skills. Um, you know, there's such, such a thing called a teaching artist. Mm -hmm. It's not an art teacher. But it's an artist that people call upon to come in and show folks how to do a particular yeah. thing. So our students learn how to be teaching artists in that way. They may not be in the education yeah. department. They may be in the architecture department. Mm -hmm. But if they want to engage with people, and all the artists on our team do, yeah. how do they become that person that stands up in front of the room and talks about architecture? 
and teaches and how teaches you teach. it, you yeah. know, or, or gets everybody to build a city on this table <laughs> out of straws. You know what I mean? So it gives them the opportunity to try out different things in that in that way. And all of our students have expressed an interest in working in the communities of Boston. Some yeah. students want to work in the photo lab or, mm -hmm. you know, and that's a great work study experience, but our students want something that's more people oriented. Yeah. Is this your project or is this a project you picked up? It's a project that we created. Um, I work out of an office called the Center for Art and Community Partnerships. Mm -hmm. And when uh, the director and myself first came on, we inherited this uh, project called the Artmobile. At that okay. time, it didn't have a name, mm -hmm. it didn't have a van, it didn't have anything. <laughs> All the people who had written the Just grant had sort of gone on. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And so um, we started out right away by talking to people in the neighborhoods rather than sort of creating a project ourselves and mm -hmm. then saying, here's our project, don't you like it? Is yeah. it shiny? We went out and asked people, well, what do you see an automobile being in the neighborhood? Yeah. And we did a lot of focus groups and people gave us a lot of awesome. great information. And, you know, even the way our van looks is based on a community process. Oh, even really? Even the name is based on a community process. What is What was the community process for the way the van looks? Like, how does that work? We did a contest. We had these outlines of what the van looked like, uh -huh. and we said, what, what should an artmobile be? And we let kids, you know, decorate <laughs> it and write that it should have a stage, and it should have a song <laughs> like an ice cream truck, and it should have swirling lights. And we said, don't edit yourself. Just even if it sounds Anything. crazy, just put it in there. Yeah. And so that's how we were able to um, come up with a lot of ideas. Then we had students... Uh, look at those and mm -hmm. come up with designs like graphic design students, industrial yeah. design students. And then we took those out into schools and libraries and we had people put, you know, put a red dot on your favorite, put a blue dot on your second favorite. Now tell us why you Project. like that. It was such a wonderful process. Awesome. And we have a beautiful van. I believe it. Yeah, is there a picture somewhere on a website that absolutely. I can link to? Okay. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I will do that. And we have a blog too. So if you want yeah. to see some of the other projects we do, Last year, for instance, we hooked up with the Sickle Cell Association of okay. New England to just help bring art and design and, and sort of community making into their annual fundraiser. So we did a huge mural for them and yeah. all the people who came to their, I think it's a walk for Sickle Cell, worked on it. So it's a communal piece of art that they can hang. Whenever they're out there in the world talking about their issue, they have this mural that represents their whole community. And we do a lot of stuff like that. This... What a wonderful job to have. It's true. Like, <laughs> it's really true. It just seems, I mean, it seems like you, you're given the chance to do so much, but you also seem to want to do so much, and that's part right. of, like, the joy in that that kind of position. Yeah. That is It's really hard cool. to say no because yeah. everything is just such a wonderful opportunity, and I feel like uh, everyone on our team really cares about the work that we're doing. Yeah. So. And so you were saying, right before we started recording, you were talking about being an artist and how a lot of the, you know, the artistic process is very internal and, you know, you're, right. <laughs> she was holding her hands up in front of her face, <laughs> being like, this is my art, not back <laughs> Don't here. Don't talk to me. <laughs> you know? right. And so you've had to, as you've, you know, as you've entered into the children's book world, you've kind of been forced into talking to people. Absolutely. But it sounds like, I mean, one of your main things has always been community and talking to people, correct? Right. It's just not about your work? Is that the idea? Well, it's just, it, there's a comfort level of yeah. doing community work in your neighborhood because yeah. you know that the people know you, they've known you since you were a little girl. Yeah. And, 
but when you're up, you're up on a stage and <laughs> accepting you don't an honor, know anybody out there, and you're like, do I have anything really of value to say here? I mean, I'm just an artist. I just did some pictures. Um, the answer is yes. I can already tell you that you have many things of value to say. Well, the thing is, you know, like I was telling you earlier, once you realize that it's really not about you specifically, mm -hmm. it's about that creative spirit that flows through all of humankind and maybe the words that you say spark someone yeah. to consider that within themselves. That's really what it's about. And so um, once you stop thinking about, does my hair look right? <laughs> Is my voice soft and melodious? And you just say, you know, just share the message that's flowing out of your heart. Yeah. And it becomes a lot easier. And so have you found that when presenting your personal work, is that at all different from when you find yourself presenting the work that you've done for other people's words? Mm. Like, do you find that, is one easier than the other? Is one harder than the other? Do you know? Those are all really good questions. Not sure I can give a definitive answer. <laughs> you don't have to. You can I, be like, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> sure, but I will say that I've been fortunate that the projects that I've been offered as an illustrator mm -hmm. are projects that resonate with me personally. Yes. So the first book was about Fannie Lou Hamer, mm -hmm. who was an em empowered black woman of substance, of grace, of grit. I can relate to that. Yeah. And so it wasn't like doing something about a... Lost bunny. A lost bunny <laughs> or a spacecraft or something yeah. like that, which is not to say that those things I can't relate to those things, but just that this was so um, so at home for me because mm -hmm. I knew women like that. Yes. Maybe they weren't on the national scene, but in my neighborhood there were women who fought for us when we were kids so that we yeah. would have better education and we would have better housing. So, uh, And then this second book, Out of Wonder, is a book out of um, below the stack, poetry okay. there you go. that honors um, several po poets that I'm familiar with. Um, from Nikki Giovanni to Rumi, mm -hmm. um, I already have a relationship with them. The Rumi illustration is also the cover illustration, correct? It is, yes. yes. I think that uh, the designer did a great job on that. So, I don't know this. I wasn't able to actually find this on, you know, before I interview people, I do as much internet research as I can. Mm -hmm. I didn't actually find any specific answer to, were you always interested in doing children's books? Was there any interest in doing children's books? Like, a how did that come to ago. be? So a long time ago when I was a student here at yeah. Mass College of Art, I thought, okay, I'm going to major in jewelry making mm -hmm. and illustration. And did you make your earrings? No, but a okay, friend of mine did. Aren't these wonderful? <laughs> yeah, yes, great. they are. <laughs> <laughs> I've been staring at them being like, those are so cool. I thought I had lost these at one point. Uh, I was just like shaking and oh, panicking. the worst. But um, so I took a couple of of classes in illustration and I just decided that oh no this is too hard <laughs> you know you have to draw the person this yeah. way this way I just felt like I couldn't do it so I dropped yeah. out of that and picked another major and I went on with my life mm -hmm. and um, I became a photographer and then I started doing graphic design and then I started doing my own little collages and that kind of grew in my private practice these, yeah. these collages that were honoring my my growing up years, yes. my neighborhood of Roxbury, and the beauty and magical nature of my childhood there. And 
There, I also want to actually ask you about the Black History Matters 365, but let's do that after. I okay. just like I just thought about that as you were talk, as you were saying that in your artwork. So um, one day I get an email from someone at Candlewick who says, um, you know, would you be interested in in doing a children's book? And I was like, hmm, <laughs> maybe. You know, I didn't. I wasn't sure yeah. because I know it's a different animal than your your private practice. And they just reached out to you out of nowhere. Out of they nowhere. They had just seen your oh, stuff and were like, nowhere. "This is wonderful." Okay. And so I asked her, you know, how did you find me? And she yeah. says, "I on the internet somewhere." And I was like, "Oh, how do you find <laughs> you find uh, anything on the internet?" <laughs> exactly. And then a couple of months later, she said, oh, "We have a manuscript we'd like to send yeah. you." They sent the manuscript. It was about Fannie Lou Hamer. And I was definitely on board, yeah. especially when I found out that she was from a place called Sunflower County. And yes. I love sunflowers. And it was kind yeah. of like the universe saying, yep, you should do this. <laughs> this right here. And um, I was surprised I had so much artistic freedom. Um, when I went in for the first meeting, I thought mm -hmm. they would give me a list of things, things to illustrate. Yeah. And they didn't. They just said, we want to see what your ideas are. Yeah. We want to work from that. So it went forward from there. And... The day that I handed those illustrations in, it was kind of like, oh, thank God, because it was <laughs> done. It, was a, it took a year. I mean, yeah. it was a lot of work to do twenty-three illustrations, yeah. and then when you think you don't have any juice left, then they're like, and so now about the cover, <laughs> the cover. Can't you take one of these that I've just already use done? Something else. Yeah, isn't that how books go? You just take one from the inside and stick it on there. So. Um, that's how I started. Yeah. And this is only my second book. Yeah. Did but you do any, was there any interaction with Carol as you did no. the Fanny? So it was, no. you just sat down I and met you her your after work. the fact. You met her after the yes. fact. How and was that? It was great meeting yeah. her. I mean, as I read about her, yeah. I was like, oh my God, she's a season. She's written 33 books <laughs> and she's done all this stuff. And I was wondering, had she seen my work and had she okayed it? Yeah, because my that. understanding is that the illustrator and the writer, they're, yeah. they're on separate tracks and the yeah. publisher kind of is negotiating everything. Um, and I don't think that she had, but she was very pleased with the, yes. with the results. And so, Of course she was. Yeah. Well, you know, I wasn't necessarily <laughs> it was sure. Um, it was yeah. scary. Yeah. That can be scary. It was, a, it was a good someone. challenge, though. Yeah, because well, mm -hmm. you're working with someone else's words. And so did you find that you were... Did you ever find that the image you had for something didn't necessarily work with the words that you were given, or that like the words you were given made your image stronger? I mean, it, how did that work as a map for you? Well, I have this theory that because picture books are this partnership of words and imagery, mm -hmm. that the words should say things that the pictures can't, and the pictures yes. should say things that the words can't. Yes. And that they make a beautiful whole together. So I try not to, like especially in a book like Out of Wonder, mm -hmm. where it's it's poetry, it's not you don't want to illustrate every little thing. You want to leave room yeah. for the viewer to kind of imagine what the writer meant by that. But at the same time you want to ground the the image in the words. Yes. So it's I think it's a delicate Balance. It's basically magic, is what you're saying. <laughs> I, I would love it that you're saying that. I would love it that you're, you're basically that. doing magic. And then sometimes you read something, and immediately you have images coming to your head, like, "Oh, I know exactly what I'm going to do." Did that happen with Out of Wonder? So Out of Wonder is in front of us. It's poems celebrating poets, um, and it's Kwame Alexander, Chris 
Holderly and Marjorie Wentworth, mm -hmm. illustrated by Aqua Holmes. Mm -hmm. um, and so, did that happen with this one? Um, did you find poems, really? Absolutely. What poems? Can I? Can you think of a poem well, specifically where it came fully formed? This one. How the to write a poem? One. Because I had done a sketch a long time ago about kids dealing with the MCAS test, oh. and they were just standing there, and they were these papers just flying around <laughs> as if they're like, what the heck is going on here? But in this one, I saw the young people reaching for those papers, yes. reaching, trying to grab uh, words that could express who and what they were. How to write a poem. How to write a poem. And he says, you know, grab a pencil, you know, grab some spunk and this and that. So I saw that loose your heart running after these things. And also, the he talks about the... Um, the maze, and so rather than an actual mm. maze, it's the maze of all these papers of different kinds. So that was one that I had the idea. Now, that doesn't mean that it was an easy one to complete. No, but it came fully formed. But it came fully formed. I feel like that could even make it harder. When you have a concept that pops right in, yeah. then you have to make that physical. And making something physical is much harder. And also, the fact it. that it pops right in makes you think it's going to yeah. be easy. <laughs> exactly. And then you get out there and you're like, how come this isn't done yet? <laughs> I think this was the last one, or one of the last ones that I finished. I started it at the yeah. beginning, but then I kept going back to it and it's like, oh, I got to change this, I got to change that. So, and then there were others that. I love the lined paper usage in it. The, what is that yellow paper called? It, uh, legal. Legal paper. Yeah. That's it. I love that scattered through. And Continue. then this one was, you know. Celebrating Robert I, I can't Frost. say that the image came right away, but once I started, it just kind of flowed. Yeah. Um, because I was born in New England. Yeah. And I know what that, I know those woods he's talking about. I know those low stone walls. Mm -hmm. It was very familiar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. this, that's one of the things that I thought about with this book when I was reading it, is you were given such a broad range of experience to work with with this. Yeah. Like um, Fannie Lou Hamer, you know, you're, you're following that it's one story. story. Exactly. Right. Whereas here, you know, in every season, this one is very somber, it's very quiet. Um, and then, you know, you turn the couple pages and you've got like riots of color. Mm -hmm. um, I was saying that I loved, which one? Celebrating Gwendolyn Brooks, but you wish that you had been able to do it again? Right. Um, what happens, how does that feel? Like, what is the, what was the reason, or is there a reason for not being in love with that particular one? So, I, it's not that I don't love it, it's that when I thought about it after the fact, it. it's, it's a very blue kind of poem. This woman is mm. gone too soon, and I felt like after the fact that this should have been blue as well. I see. That it should yes. have had that, that blueness of, uh, of her story. You know, and that, I mean, what a wonderful way to talk about how the illustrations and words work together, because the brightness of this illustration makes this poem pop. And had you had it as kind of like a more somber mm -hmm. tone, this poem would read a little bit sadder. Right. Yeah. And I'll tell you, um, I wanted to put the text here on the piano. On the piano. In, you know, knocked out in white. Yeah. But because of the cost of, let's say, if they're doing this in a French printing, mm. they would have to create four new plates to print this. To do that. And so that's part of the reason it didn't end up being like a dark or somber yeah. piece because they needed a lighter space to put the text. To put the text. So there's the technical parts of yeah. illustration that you have to pay attention to as well. 
I love this. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that it's not your favorite, but I just, I, I was saying earlier that I turned the page and, and just thought. sat with this one for a moment because there's just so much, there's so much action in such a static piece, you know? Mm. Like there's, there's just so much movement and she's singing and she's vibrant and it just... I love it. I'm sorry you don't. Yes, you do. I'm happy. And I do. And I do like it. It's just that, you know, and I probably will do something similar for myself. Yeah. I like this one a lot. Too. Yeah. I think the, um, the poet inside me, the red sweater in this sticks out mm-hmm. so well. Mm-hmm. Is that something that was like a focus for you or did you just kind of, well, was this another one I didn't want to do the in? sweater folded on a desk. Yeah. So I figured she could be wearing it. Yeah. You know, just because it says folded on a desk yeah. doesn't mean that we're illustrating that actual moment. Was this fun to do? I mean, was it fun to be given the oh, poems goodness. and just work with that? Absolutely. It was, because you have so much space, right? It was a great joy, and it was a great contrast to following one yeah. person through a life story like the Fannie Lou Hamer book. So yeah. this is a great second book. Yeah. Completely, completely different. There's just so much space, and you have so many words to work with. This mm-hmm. one, No Idle Days, I think is so cool because it's so very different from the rest of mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. Like, you kept this one really tight and compact and it feels you know very they can't see me like putting my hands up parallel (laughs) but just it's in it's just such a great contrast to say like immediately the one that follows yeah yeah um i mean his life you know he was working within this constricted space of his life as a doctor and creating creativity out of that and so i thought it was important to show because many of us do that we sort of we're on our track you get up in the morning, you go to your job, then you go to the supermarket, <laughs> then you go pick up your kids, and it's like and these lines yep. over and over again. But within that, there's color, there's life, there's time, there's poetry, there's all of this stuff within that restricted space. I love it. So what do you have coming up next? Do you have things coming up next? I do. I have things coming up next both as um, For Spark the Artmobile mm-hmm. and in my life as a children's book illustrator. Yeah. Um, right now I'm working on a creation story by Marion Dane Bauer. Okay. And that, I guess, will come out later this year. And then I am working on a story about Barbara Jordan, a black congresswoman from yes. Texas who has an amazing story. I don't it was know written story. by Chris Barton. Yeah. And I'm excited about that because it's, again, like the Fannie Lou Hamer story in mm-hmm. that you're following this, this dynamic woman from her beginnings. And what I love about these stories is I always do my own research. I always yeah. read their books and all of that. You find out what was the thing, who was the relative that really supported this person when they were little yeah. so that they could dream big. And it really reminds me that when you're talking to children, you're in a very powerful position. Teachers, parents, even neighbors. You can say and do things that can um, really uphold that child's self-esteem and their dreaming big. So I love stories like that as well. That's a lovely concept. (laughs) I I look at my own life and I had a third grade teacher who told my mother watch her in the arts. Now, yeah. you know, back in 1955, <laughs> nobody, nobody was wanting their, their kid to be an artist yeah. because artists starved. Yep. They were crazy. You know, they didn't have <laughs> jobs and things like that. So, but my mother went with it. And then I had a dance teacher, Alma Lewis, yeah. who instilled so much self-esteem in me. 
as a young girl. I still didn't want to talk, but I felt good about <laughs> myself. So all of those people that spoke to me along the pathway from being a child to becoming an adult, they were important. Yeah. And I want to be that for as many people as I can. That is a gorgeous sentiment. <laughs> and what do you have coming up? Well, so, also, I wanted to ask, um, can you tell me a little bit about Black History Matters 365? That ended recently, correct? Right. It ended in... Probably early March. It was an installation? It was an exhibition. Exhibition. A group exhibition. It was curated by a young artist named uh, Percy Wright Fortini, mm-hmm. uh, who's a young, dynamic artist. And what I loved about being a part of that show was that it was intergenerational. Yeah. Oftentimes, there is a generation gap because we all go to the people that we're comfortable with. Yeah. Right? But he went out of his way to invite artists of many different ages and awesome. eras to show together and to make the statement that uh, black history is not just one month, it's every single day, and we both uh, observe it and we make it by our own actions. So it was a really great exhibition, and it was on a school campus, Milton Academy. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then what do you have coming up for Spark? So with Spark, we have a couple of things, actually. April 27th, we Mm -hmm. have something called Throwback Thursday, which is one of a series of outdoor events we're doing in Grove Hall to activate this empty city lot. So we're going to have knitting and crocheting (laughs) lessons. We're doing fence beautification. We're going to do T-shirt design. This is in Roxbury? This is in Roxbury, Dorchester, right across from the Grove Hall Public Library at Mm -hmm. 48 Geneva Avenue. We'll have games and prizes. We're going to be making one of our big collaborative murals. And there's going to be this music timeline because it's Throwback Thursday, because we're going to go back to the 70s, and we're going to look at the songs that were sampled in songs from the 90s and the millennium. So we'll listen to the original Love on a Two-Way Street, and then we'll listen to New York by Jay-Z and Elisa Keys, and we'll see how they're connected. That is so cool. And we've got this great young MC, Capravia Jacobs. And was well, that his idea, or was that your I think idea? It was a group idea uh, because the, we have a friends of the app, and we yeah. all sat down and said, "What do we want to do? What can we do to get both the kids and idea. the adults into the same space?" Yes. So, <laughs> I want you to come to that, and then of course we have a paint night coming up on May eighth. Yeah. Um, which would be great, and it's also in Grove Hall at the community center. Yes. But if people want to know about our stuff, they can go to yes www spark with a C, S-P-A-R-C, theartmobile.com. And that's where our blog is, and you can see all the kinds of things that we do. Awesome. Is there anywhere else people can find you that you would like for them to look? Um, well, my website, mm-hmm. com. I don't update it often, but you can send your email address, and then I will put you on the list for um, things like this, things like this flyer. And that's I think that's awesome. the best way to get in touch. I love to hear from people, even if it's just, hey, I like your book, or it means this to me, or it reminds me of a story. It's always great to hear from folks out there. Yeah. Well, thank you thank so you. much. Um, thank you all for listening. You can find Hornbook at hbook.com. You can find Roger at Roger Reads on Twitter or on Facebook. I am on Twitter at KidLitChick. And there is a... Not Pinterest. There is a Pinterest. There is also an Instagram, which is HB Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for cha- for chatting. Thank it was you. so nice. Great to have questions. You. And thank you, everybody out there. As she waves goodbye <laughs> to her phone. <laughs> Bye.